This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No music, no intro, hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. Feeling very honored to get not only uh, a godfather and a legend in regards to fantasy football, but also someone who has distinctly the most recognizable voice besides Ross Tucker on the podcast. On the podcast. <laughs> Elvin Silva of Establish the Run. Uh, I've, I've done podcasts with, with Evan before. Uh, how you doing, man? I'm doing real well. I'm doing well. And um, it's good to be back with you. We've done this like pretty much every year. We're going to do it this year without Nick Underhill. Um, but, you know, we, we love to see him out there being successful in, in the business world because he, he deserves it. And it's also a good opportunity, um, you know, to talk to uh, Ryan, who I've never talked to, you know, uh, outside of like Twitter or something like that. But I know that he's been a real prominent voice uh, among Saints Twitter. And um, I always like to get the, you know, the perspective of the people that are, um, you know, that really are, are, are hardcore uh, fans and, and what they think about their team for the forthcoming season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we had to act, act, glad to have you on, man. I mean, shoot. I mean, you, you're like, the, the dawn. I, I, I know you didn't start Roto World. I know you came in after Roto World. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Greg Rosenthal. Well, Greg Rosenthal kind of started just before me, maybe a year before me. And, um, and I, I got out of college and my, my, my plan had been to go to law school. And I just decided I did not want to go to another class at eight in the morning ever again. <laughs> you know, so I emailed uh, Greg Rosenthal and uh, he gave me a shot to work at, at Rotor World, and, and we built it up. It used to be a baseball site um, yeah. when, when I started, uh, but then we kind of we flipped it and, and kind of turned it into a football site. So, um, yeah, that was, that was uh, I, I spent like 12 years there. It was a great experience. Man, that's crazy. So even before talking about, like, the Saints and football, something I wanted to kind of just ask you from the jump, how, mm-hmm. how has it been being – an entrepreneur yourself you you were at world of world for so long and you made this you know big career move decision to start establish the run um and have your kind of own business and when you and i'll be honest like when i first saw it i was like man i hope my boy like i, I hope he knows what he's doing because you know i was i was worried about you but now like i see that that site's flourishing and you're doing so well like how did all that all come about and you know you taking a leap like that to you know, stand on your own and, and not be with NBC and Motor World. Yeah, I mean, I was working for a corporation for a long time. And 
you know, making other people rich for lack of a better term. And, you know, and I just, I was kind of bumping my head up against, you know, like hitting the ceiling and there was really nowhere really for else for, for me to go. Like they're they're not going to put me on TV, you know, then they're, they're not going to give me like a, a big raise. So, um, with uh, Adam Levitan, who I had uh, previously worked at uh, at Roto World, and with a couple of other guys that um, are, are friends of ours and that have experience in the entrepreneur in, uh, in entrepreneurship, and had you know started a company and sold it, and started started another company and sold it, uh, we kind of got together and decided to to take this this chance, and yeah, I mean it's been like the, the, you know, the best decision that I ever made uh, so far. And let's hope that there's a football season this year or else, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be making any money. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, I mean, big props to you. I, I, I mean, I think we're going to get some type of season. We'll see. It's just, I think it's going to be drastically different than anything we've ever seen before. Um, that said, the Saints bring back, you know, talking, speaking about the Saints, they bring back a team that arguably may be the most talented team on paper in terms of just depth and, and the talent on the team. I would say probably, and I think Ryan would agree, um, the most talented team that Sean Payton's ever ever had um, assembled up to this point since he's coached the team. Um, where, like, where do you see the, the Saints in terms of in the NFC and with, within the NFC South? That's exactly where I see them. Um, I see them as... Um, right there with San Francisco uh, in terms of, uh, you know, the, the most talented team in the league. And I'd probably give the edge there even to uh, the Saints. The Saints do have a difficult schedule, um, according to uh, Warren Sharp, who uh, combines all the sports book projected win totals for the upcoming season. And, um, you know, instead of just using what was everybody's record last year, you know, he uses sort of like the, the, the sports betting market to, uh, ac- uh, to more accurately gauge strength of schedule. And the Saints have one of the 10 toughest schedules in the league. Um, but that's what happens when you, you know, come in first place every year. And I think that within the division, with the exception of Tampa Bay, I think that the division can be really bad. I think that the Falcons, the Falcons management just has just put them in, in, in like a, a perennial, um, like, um, uh, a, a hamster wheel of mediocrity. And the Panthers look like they could just be, I mean, they're going to give up 35 points a game because their defense, I mean, their defense wasn't good last year. And then it lost Luke Keekley and it lost, you know, its top corner, James Bradbury. And it lost uh, Mario Addison, who led them in sacks. Uh, Eric Reed, who led them in tackles. Um, and they're going to start like six rookies on defense and they're just going to get porched every week, you know? So I think that that's almost four gimme wins. Let's, let's call it three out of four. Maybe they lose one to uh, Atlanta, but I, I think they're just so much better Atlanta than Atlanta. I think that, I think we could, we could give them like 3.75 wins out of just those four games alone. Mm. Hey, you talk about Carolina. I'm just, I'm, I'm so interested in how, they're going to turn out because you got Teddy Bridgewater, you have Joe Brady, the whole little Saints offense connection. And they mm-hmm. do have some weapons. I mean, you know, C-Mac 
we know what C-Mac is. They have uh, DJ. They have a couple of guys that I think can do something. And when you talk about how that bad that defense might be, mm-hmm. they're going to have to be in some shootouts. So I'm just wondering, like, oh, how is Teddy going to look? Because, I mean, we saw Teddy for five games in the Saints mm-hmm. offense. Now, was he limited by, you know, the Saints skill positions at that time? I don't know. Or was I'm just I really want to I really want to know what it's going to look like with Teddy. You know? I think it's going to be. Yeah, I actually I mean, I want I kind of want Panthers on my fantasy team this year because mm-hmm. uh, I think that they are going to be able to score some points. And I think that they're going to have to be a lot more aggressive than than, you know, T- Teddy Bridgewater was sort of a- allowed to play last year. I think they wanted to keep him, you know, low average depth of target, throwing the ball in the short areas. I mean, that's, you know, Michael Thomas wins all day in the, in the short areas anyways. Um, you know, and, and last year, yeah, I would say that the supporting cast that Teddy Bridgewater played with last year, you know, obviously Michael Thomas, the best receiver in the game, but it was pretty limited. And that's why you saw the Saints go out and be aggressive and, and sign Emmanuel Sanders. Um, but I think that his supporting cast actually is going to be better, at least in the skill positions. The, the offensive line um, is, is, is a lot more questionable, obviously. But in the skill positions, I mean, I think he's going to be working with a lot more talent than he did really um, last season. I see uh, something that one of my favorite things you, you do during the season is your, your breakdowns, you know, pre – before before the Sunday's games and just it's super detailed and it's, it's one of my favorite things that you've been doing for years now um on Twitter I've seen um you kind of talk about teams that you could feel have a bounce back and I think one of those teams that um that you've been mentioning is I, I believe that the Cowboys potentially having a, mm-hmm. a bounce back type of season um how do you how, like how, just in general how do you view the the NFC and who are some teams you think may bounce back or maybe teams that can regress this upcoming season? Yeah, I think that the Cowboys, uh, they have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball, really, but really primarily on offense. They're returning four or five offensive line starters. Now, the guy that they lost up front, Travis Frederick, you know, that's a big, big loss. But they do have Joe Looney, uh, who started 16 games in place of Travis Frederick in 2018. Um and they drafted, they drafted a center that a lot of people liked, uh, Tyler Biadosh, I believe, out of Michigan. Um, and, he, and he could get a shot in there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, otherwise, their offensive personnel really returns almost fully intact in terms of, like, their, their explosive players. And they're pulling out of that offense two guys who weren't as explosive in Jason Witten and Randall Cobb and um, boosting the role for Blake Jarwin, who – Average, you know, average like 15 yards per catch last year, um, was top uh, six among tight ends in yards per route run. And then they stole C.D. Lamb at the 17th overall pick, where no one thought that he would last that long. Stole him. Um, stole him. <laughs> absolutely stole him. And, you know, I think he's going to be their slot receiver, replacing Randall Cobb. And Michael Gallup last year was sixth in the NFL in uh, uh, receiving yards per game. And we've seen what Amari Cooper – uh, can do. Uh, he's coming off of of his best season. He's really such a great fit with Dak Prescott because Dak Prescott is not the best anticipation passer. You know, he kind of needs to see it open to throw it. And Amari Cooper is one of the best uh, like man coverage beating receivers in the NFL. So they're they're a really great fit. I think that their defense is kind of more of a wild card. Uh, they brought in Mike Nolan, 
to be their new coordinator. So they, they've got some transition uh, really uh, at, at, at head coach and at defensive coordinator. It'll, it'll be interesting to see how that's, – that's something that the, the Saints have big time is a lot of continuity in a year where, um, you know, there, there's going to be fewer – there's not going to be any OTAs. We, we maybe we'll get a mini camp in. Um, and then, it, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with preseason and training camp. But there's going to be a lot fewer off-season reps, um, you know, no rookie minicamp. And the Saints are bringing back, you know, their defensive coordinator, their offensive orchestrator, their quarterback. You know, they're, they're absolutely making a run for it. I think that a team that can take a step back would be the Packers, who last year finished 13-3. And, and um, you know, they won a lot of close games. and uh, their 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 run defense is questionable. Their uh, secondary play is maybe a little bit above average. Um, you know they lost Brian Bulaga, Bulaga uh, at right tackle, and their number two receiver is you know a guy who went undrafted a couple of years ago in Alan Lazard, who has played 18 games last season, including the playoffs, and went over 70 yards once all year. So they're they're kind of limited from a, a weapon standpoint, um, you know. Again, kind of kind of got the we're, they were fortunate last year to win all those close games, and um, I think that they could take a step back to be like an eight and eight or nine and seventeen. A team that kind of fascinates me is uh, the Seahawks. It's just kind of strange watching. Well, not strange, but interesting watching them over the years. You know, beginning with Russell Wilson, they were you know ground and pound you know, defense and Russell Wilson to come in and make a couple plays here and that'll be enough. Now they're more of an offensive-driven team. They have the skill, skill. skill positions. They have uh, the running game is, uh, I mean, okay. I did like the uh, signing of, uh, uh, what's his name, Cl- uh, Clyde. But I, I just wanted it. How dangerous are they really in the NFC? With them being more of an offensive team. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you that they've become more of an offensive team. I mean, just just the fact that they have Russell Wilson keeps them in every game. You know. Um, Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just saying. I I mean, I I mean, no quarterback the Saints played last year just had my nerves bad. Like the Saints had that game pretty much in hand, like, for three quarters. But Russell Wilson, man, he just – oh, he drives you crazy because, you know, I mean, guys are right on him. Like, it's a sack. And then, mm-hmm. nope, it's not a sack. It's a 25-yard bomb, beautifully thrown, you know, right into the hands of receiver. Oh, yeah, I remember that week. Um, I played uh, – Was it? I think it was Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett and, uh, and Russell Wilson in Daily Fantasy that week. And – it was looking kind of grim for a while, but boy, they came back in that in that fourth quarter and make it made it a game, you know. So it was it was fun to see your your fantasy points go up in that fourth quarter. But uh, yeah, I mean, and and DK Metcalf, um, he wasn't even really a, you know a, one of the stars at that point yet, and he came on really really strong at the end of the season. He kept getting better as his rookie season progressed. You know, they started out. He's really running routes only on one side of the field. He's running pretty much, you know, nine routes and, and post routes. But as the season progressed, they started to use him a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, fed him some higher percentage targets. 
and, and man, he, he really responded. And um, it, it's going to be fun to see his, uh, his development because he just – he really made strides as his rookie season progressed. And then they added Greg Olson, um, who should be a solid possession tight end for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're a fun team to watch, and I agree with you. They're, they've become more offensive-oriented over the past few years. Jump in, kind of jumping back to the, the Saints. What, as, a, as an outsider who, you know, has the, his eye on the entire NFL, just what is your perception, I guess, overall of the, of the Saints defense um, and where they kind, of where they kind of stand? Yeah, um, I think that they have, you know, I, again, I think that that continuity with, you know, reta- of course, retaining D- Dennis Allen and, you know, retur- retaining so many critical players defensively is, is really going to go a long way. I mean, they've become really, really good against the run. And their pass rush, I think, has some room for improvement. You want to see Marcus Davenport take another step forward this year. Um, but you know the the depth and, and the skill of, of their um, of, of their secondary also you know helps um, helps helps to make up for any anything that they might be lacking in terms of pass rush. But I think that Marcus Davenport stepping forward as a true one A outside pass rusher is is going to be critical for them. What, what do you guys think about their linebacker core? Um, because that's undergo undergoing some turnover. And um, do you think that they can be better than they were last year? I'll, I'll I'll go first, and I'm gonna maybe let Ryan kind of follow. I think it's one of the the me and Ryan have this this thing regarding the Saints defenses. At key positions, they have a lot of ifs. So defensive line, it's um, it could be really good, especially the interior, if Sheldon Rankins can play like he did in 2018 and he's healthy. Um, the linebacking core can be good if. Uh, Alex Anzalone doesn't get hurt like he's prone to, and Kiko Alonso, if Kiko Alonso can Alonso come back, bounce, 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 bounce from, from his torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, I think linebackers probably not the weakest. It's it's one of the it's probably the weakest areas on the defense. Um, even as great as Demario Davis has been, and he's been absolutely outstanding. Um, there's so many question marks behind him, and I think that them potentially utilizing Zach Bond and relying as a rookie. Um, you know, I think he's going to make or break the the line the linebacker group as a whole. I wasn't the hugest Zach Bond fan watching him as a prospect, but for them to get him where they got him in the third round um, was good value. I just don't know how that transition for him is going to be when he was primarily playing an edge rusher position in the Wisconsin defense and now potentially him switching and being an, an off-ball linebacker. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I mean, I I agree with Adam. It's just like you said. It's I call it the ifs. Like on paper, yeah, it looks good, but you're just you're banking on a lot of guys to come back. I mean, Anzalone, he has like one healthy season since high school. So, but he was uh, like in 2018, he was fantastic. So you're kind of hoping he'll be there. Uh, then they uh, signed uh, Chicolo from Pittsburgh. I think he has a actually has a really good shot of uh, making the team. Uh, there's like Craig Robinson in there, you know, kind of special teams guys, but guys that'll get on the field. On the field. So I think, I think um, it's, you know, it's a solid group. You could do worse in the NFL, mm-hmm. but, you know, you're just kind of hoping uh, 
at least one of those ifs is a good, you know, is a, is a yes <laughs> and not a no, you know. Another guy that I think is interesting that had a great season in 2018, I thought might like become a, a, a like a star in the league was uh, David Anyamada. And I felt like he did not show up quite as much this past year. Um, you know, he's a guy who's like, he's been a starter for the Saints and, um, and, and a rotational player. But where do you guys think that he can get back on that, on that track? Because I really thought that the arrow was pointing up on him in, in 2018. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was he was one of the guys that I kind of hoped they'd re-sign this season, and they did. Uh, I mean, you're talking about a guy who pretty much didn't know how to play football when they drafted him, drafted him. Mm-hmm. You know, coming out of Canada. And you were right, it's like Arrow, his trend line was pointing up pretty much every season. I thought he was pretty good last year, but kind of stagnant, especially as far as pass rush. Uh, I thought his run defense, defense was pretty critical, critical to the team, but – you, I mean, you, you're 100% correct. I think they're hoping with, with what they paid him, they're hoping that he is going to be more of a plus pass rush on the defensive line, probably more probably than Sean Rankins, the Rankins. Who, mm. who has shown plenty of pass rush, but with the, you know, he's been injured three out of four seasons he's been there, and they're, you know, lower leg injuries on top of that, which just isn't good for, you know, a three-tech, you know. So, um, yeah, I'm, I think they're hoping to get more out of one on your matter too. I I wouldn't, and it, it may sound like a hot take, I wouldn't be surprised that if the Saints um, kind of moved on from Sheldon Rankins, if not this season, then next season. And, and I just say yeah. that just because of, you know, injury history where he was kind of taken in the draft. I think they feel probably internally that Anyamata can do what, what Rankins does to a degree, at least, that he's more consistent in terms of his availability, and they've already paid him. Um, potentially what Sheldon Rankins may want in terms of an extension or something like that. I, I don't, it's a small hot type, a, a small hot take, but it's one I yeah, I could see the the Saints wanting to, 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 to move away from him if he's not able to kind of show up. It's a, it's a really important year for him. Huge year for him. Makes sense. Um. We could, I mean, I think it would be redundant for, or uh, it'd be a misuse of not asking you about kind of fantasy aspects of things. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we know, we know what Michael Thomas does. We're, you know, obviously for people with fantasy, they're hoping that, you know, Alvin Kamara bounces back. I think I took him like third overall last year, fourth overall last year. Mm-hmm. That kind of blew up in my face. Um, who, who are, besides the, the, those two, players who are should people, people avoid any other Saints offensive players besides Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara well I think that a mistake that people still make is thinking that the Saints are you know that that team that is going to necessarily score you know over 30 points a game every week and is still going to throw you know the heck out of the football and um you know, it's that that's just kind of the stigma that, that we've attached to Drew Brees, but their defense has gotten good enough and their running game, especially behind that offensive line, has gotten good enough to where, you know, they, they don't need to throw the ball as much as they used to. Uh, and you have Taysom Hill, um, you know, taking red zone snaps away from Drew Brees and sometimes, you know, getting into the end zone himself, and that removes touchdown chances from Drew Brees. So 
not from a real life standpoint because his efficiency was off the charts last year. Um, and of course he missed those five games, but um, he was still playing at a pretty high level. But when you combine the fact that he just doesn't throw the ball with the volume that he used to, and he loses touchdown chances to Taysom Hill every now and again, uh, I think that Drew Brees can be a little bit overrated um, from a fantasy standpoint. I think that Emmanuel Sanders uh, is going to be a better real life than fantasy addition for the Saints. You know, I think he'll be in that 60 catch range, you know, 750 yards, four or five touchdowns. And that'll be a lot adding to their, their, uh, their number two receiver role because they really have not been able to find a guy uh, to give them you know, consistency at that position. Um, but I think that Emmanuel Sanders is not a guy that I'm expecting a big fantasy year out of, but I think he's going to be an excellent role player addition for them. Jared Cook scored nine touchdowns last year, and that's, you know, that was by far his career high. I think he had five or his previous career high was like five or six, and I think that he could come down a little bit. But, you know, I, I like banking on – the rapport that, that I think he developed with Drew Brees. And, um, and, and he's still a guy that I'm willing to take as, as my fantasy tight end. Um, Alvin Kamara, you, you brought up at the beginning. The, the, you know, I think that there are clear-cut reasons for why his explosiveness just wasn't there last year. Um, first of all, he was kind of due for some, for some touchdown regression because I think he scored, what, 31 touchdowns in, or 32 touchdowns in his first 31 games. Yeah. He only six last year so I think that he can bounce back but clearly that high ankle sprain um, was was just a, a dagger for him um, you, you, and you saw that happen with a lot of different running backs last year Saquon Barkley had a high ankle sprain he wasn't the same um, high ankle sprains just can be really really debilitating for running backs and receivers so I think that there's like a good explanation I don't think that Alvin Kamara all of a sudden just you know fell off the cliff I, I think that they're there are clear-cut reasons for why he wasn't as explosive last year as he was in his first two seasons. Are there any other rookies as far as a fantasy standpoint that uh, – not even just with the Saints, I mean, the NFL in general, that you think could be pretty good, uh, pretty good value? Yeah, um, the, the running backs especially. Um, the, the, everybody knows about the wide receivers at this point. Um, yeah. You know, but the, the running backs – like Cam Akers going to the Rams after they uh, parted with Todd Gurley. Uh, he's going to have a lot of opportunity. The Rams just were not really pleased with Daryl Henderson, who they traded up for in, uh, in the 2019 draft. And, you know, that shows in their, their 2020 second-round pick uh, of Cam Akers. Jonathan Taylor uh, out of Wisconsin going to Indianapolis behind one of the better one of the better offensive lines in the league, I think has a chance to make – or to, to do a lot of damage. Um, you know, DeAndre Swift in uh, Detroit, I think that he's probably going to be part of a committee. Uh, but I think that that offense can be better than people expect. Actually, through eight games last season, they were on pace to average 25 and a half points per game, which would have ranked eighth in the NFL, and uh, over 390 uh, total yards per game, which would have ranked fourth. Uh, and they were throwing the ball deep and – you know, really capitalizing on the strengths of Matthew Stafford. And if Matthew Stafford stays healthy, which that's uh, an increasing question mark, he's getting a little older and he's had back problems in two consecutive seasons. Um, so there's definitely some risk there, but I think that that offense, if he does stay healthy, 
uh, DeAndre Swift can can kind of flourish in Detroit? Um, we spend a lot of time talking about like the NFC. Um, what are you feel like? What are your thoughts in terms of the AFC? I think we. I think the most consensus is the you know the Chiefs and the Ravens are kind of the the, the top of the top AFC. of the, the AFC maybe like maybe like the, so overall like how do you view that that the conference? I think that it's significantly weaker than the NFC, um, and that has kind of been the case for um, a few years now. And now you pull Tom Brady out of there, and you know I think that that you know that clearly like the the balance of power in terms of conferences has shifted toward the NFC. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs and the Ravens stand up top. Um, I think that the Colts are dangerous this year. Um, they acquired DeForest Buckner defensively. And I think that Phillip Rivers is going to be an upgrade on Jacoby Brissett. They're getting back T.Y. Hilton. Um, you know, I really like that pick of, of Michael Pittman. They're returning all five offensive line starters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I like the Colts as a, as a sort of dangerous team. And I, I still think the Titans can be solid. Um, they drew one of the, uh, the, the second easiest schedule in Warren Sharp's um, uh, schedule projections. And that really bodes well for Derrick Henry because th- that suggests that they're going to be in a lot of positive game scripts. And Derrick Henry, in his career, when he is leading, when, when his team is leading, this dude averages six yards per carry. Uh, when, when his team is leading, yeah, which is just just insane. Um, he's at 4.6 yards per carry when his team is playing from behind. But, um, yeah, I think that the, the Titans and the Colts, that, that AFC South division is is pretty interesting, with the exception of the Jaguars, who I think might be tanking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, speaking of the Jags, I mean, I, 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 love, I love the Jags. I love the Jaguars fans. I just, I'm always rooting for them. I mean, is that anything, anything positive? <laughs> oh, they might get Trevor Lawrence next year. Yeah. <laughs> like, does DJ Tark count? Like, that's that's, 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 that's all I got. That's all I got. That's about it. I mean, Leonard Fournette, you know, you, you guys, are, are you guys LSU fans? I mean, I'm not, I'm not an LSU fan, but, you know, I mean, yeah. if they win, it's like, okay, cool, but. I'm not a fan. I don't care if they win or lose much. But, I mean, I've followed Leonard Fournette since he was, like, a freshman in high school, like, just like destroying just everybody. Like, I mean, everybody talked about this kid. So it's just kind of, I guess, a little disappointing to see him in his pro career just kind of, you know, I wouldn't call him a, a, just a guy, but uh, you would like to see more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But I think if it was like 1998, I think he'd be just fine. Oh yeah, he was definitely 10 years. Uh, you know, uh, he, if if you know, throw back to 10 years, he probably would be like leading the NFL in rushing. Yeah, exactly. So one one team that I kind of have my eye on this upcoming season is is the Cardinals. I know they, you know, the the their secondary is kind of eh, but just Offensively, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, uh, you, uh, you again, Nuke. Uh, you have you know King Cliff, as I call him, leading the charge as a head coach, and and they they brought back King and Drake. Am I being kind of too foolish too or foolish too high, or high on, on them? Just on being them like just a being very risky team for the upcoming season. 
No, I don't think so. I think they had a really good um, offseason, a really good draft. I think they had a, a promising first year under Kingsbury. Um, acquiring DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, they're, they're going to pull out Demir Bird or, you know, Keyshawn Johnson and, you know, plug in DeAndre Hopkins for those guys. I mean, they were running out some guys that, you know, would be like second or third string in the preseason. And, you know, at that outside receiver position, I think that it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins and Andy Isabella uh, as their outside receivers. And then, you know, they play a lot of four receiver sets. They played four receiver sets on 33% of their snaps last year. And then in the slot in those four receiver sets, I think it's going to be Fitzgerald and Kirk. Um, and Kenyon Drake was really dynamic for them after they acquired him uh, midway through last season. Um, he scored what, eight touchdowns, uh, had a bunch of catches, really good in, in the receiving game. I like their number two back as well, Chase Edmonds. Um, and I think that, yeah, the, the trend – for you know these rookie quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round is that they take big steps forward in their second season. Uh, we saw it with Jared Goff, uh, even um, Mitchell Trubisky was a lot better in his second season than he was uh, in his first season. And I think that that trend is going to continue with Kyler Murray, uh, and certainly in large part because of the acquisition of of DeAndre Hopkins. And defensively, I mean, they can get after the pass rusher a little bit. You know, they've got uh, they can get after the passer with Chandler Jones up front. Uh, and then they, they uh, acquired Isaiah Simmons. You know, last year they got just killed by tight ends. And um, they, they were the worst team in the league at covering tight ends. And I think that Isaiah, Sem Isaiah Simmons might be the perfect antidote for that. Uh, well, my last question for you, Evan, so you can get out of here. Uh, as far as uh, back to the Saints, with Drew Brees, Drew Brees. Do you, think do you think this is the end for him? I mean, we do. I, I know I do. Uh, but with the production you saw from him last year, you know, the deep ball kind of fading away, do mm -hmm. you think this is kind of uh, the, the last stance, the last chance, the last dance for Drew Brees? Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of trending that way, you know. Um, they did sign Taysom Hill to the two-year deal. Um you know, they're, they've started to explore younger quarterbacks with that trade up uh, into the, the seventh round um, uh, for was Tommy Stevens, Tommy right? Tommy Stevens, yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know where he's going to end up playing. I mean, there, there, have been, there have been some speculation that he might move to tight end or something like that. But, you know, Sean, Sean Payton has, has talked openly about how he wants to, um, you know, sort of groom a, a younger quarterback. Uh, I don't know if, if Taysom Hill is going to be – that guy after Drew Brees, but um, yeah, I, I do think that this is probably the last dance for for Drew Brees. Um, and, but their team is built for it. I mean, you saw the way that they approached their draft. You know, they were willing to trade future picks in order to acquire, you know, just a, a small group of, of players that they thought could be impact near term players um, in Cesar Ruiz and um, uh, uh, Zach Bond, uh, who you mentioned earlier, Adam. And I mean, yeah, I think that just the way that their off season has gone, this is, you know, they're, they're going for it. And I mean, even, even the Jameis Winston signing, I think, um, you know, if Drew Brees goes down, then Jameis Winston gives them another option that they're very familiar with having played against him. What, you know, 10, 12 games inside the division mm -hmm. over the past few seasons. And uh, yeah, I think that they're, they're gearing up for this to be, you know, a, a truly all in year. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, and 
I think as a Saints fan, you know, there I have this this feeling that with all the talent on the team, it's just the 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 potential disappointment that can come when a team is this talented, you know, it's it's high. Um, but you know, hopefully the the playoff failures, you know, those trends don't don't continue. Um, but before, um, before, before, before we get out of here, plug establish the run, establish the run let, people, let know people know how they can how they- win shit tons of money by subscribing to your site. Um, I see you retweeting people who use your 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 guys' advice for daily fantasy, and they're just making bank. Um, so let you know hashtag Saints Twitter know how they can win some money if football is helped this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and I think that the thirst is going to be strong this year because we ha- we've had a, a spring and summer without sports. So if, if, you, if you are serious about trying to win some money, whether it be in a, um, a higher stakes uh, season-long league or daily fantasy, um, come check us out, uh, establishtherun.com, at establishtherun on Twitter, and you can find me at Evan Silva on Twitter. Evan, thank you so much for coming on, man. It's always a pleasure getting to talk to you. Chop up football, greatly appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna uh, hit up Greg later and, and text him and said I, I had the, the Godfather World of World come on the podcast just to throw him some, <laughs> throw him some shade. Uh, follow Evan on Twitter at Evan Silva. Um, his write-ups for NFL games before Sunday are still legendary. They're so educated, and you know Evan's one of the good dudes where. He, he doesn't have a team. He doesn't have a team. Everything you're getting from him is unbiased, just observation. Um, and so it, it's it's some of the best content you'll read in, on on Twitter and, and regarding football. Thanks you so much for coming on, man. We greatly appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, guys. This was great. Thanks, Evan. Appreciate it, man. So you can also follow Ryan on Twitter at that boy Wolf. Uh, you know, we're just gonna keep doing our thing. Another episode of hashtag Sings Twitter podcast. With that, everyone stay safe. Be good to yourselves. Be you know, you know, spread some good vibes in this world because I just definitely need it right now. And right with that, we're out. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.